Monday, and it's the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, WorldwideSportsRadio.com. Mike Guido, Evan Mazza, my producer, great to have you here uh, on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Uh, after a two-week hiatus, after relocation, we are back and we are ready. Evan, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing good. Yeah, we You're have fresh, we have no Matt, we have no Monica, we have no Vinny, but... We'll carry on. It's like a usual Monday. We don't have uh, any of those guys, but we do have us two. And in fact, I believe that's all you need. I think we are. Listen, we're the original core. We're the we are the original core here. So two of a kind. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Off to a great start. Now, how we've been off for two weeks. Baseball is now about to kick. Baseball is pretty much right. Oh, you better believe games. that I watched the uh, first I'm Yankee much, spring much, training game. I, I watched most of the, I watched pretty much all the Mets. Well, no, not all. Most of the Mets spring training game yesterday. How much well, once they bring in all like the guys that are never, ever, ever going to play in like the seventh, eighth and ninth inning, I stop watching. Like from like for six innings when they start, when they're playing guys that matter, then I, you know, I watch that. Right. But I don't watch it when, you know, guys like I don't watch it when guys never you know, I, I don't watch the guys that never play. But you're watching it because you're you're, you're happy that baseball's back. You're happy that. Oh yeah. Oh, it, I get that. You know what pisses me off today? You know what really f- boils my grinds my gears. It really grinds it my, my gears. Ge- it boils my balls. You know what? It, you know seriously. You know what it is? Honestly, Garrett Cole is making his Yankees debut tonight in spring training. Right. right. This is his first start as a Yankee in spring training. Right. The game is not televised. Now, okay. That is lame. Lame. It's a Yankee road game, right? I believe it is a Yankee road game. So, yes so, is not it, covering the game. So, yes not covering. But not, not even MLB Network? I didn't check. I don't think right. MLB Network. MLB Network might be doing it. But MLB Network usually doesn't do a whole ton of spring training for that long, especially that late. Like, they'll do the early ones for 1 o'clock. Like, they'll, they'll probably – They'll push. Uh, oh, so the Yankees they'll push Mad Doc back an hour or something like that, or they'll air him later. So the Yankees spring training game is at seven or something like that. Today? I think it's at six thirty. I don't even know. I think they're playing the Pirates or something like that. Which is, by the way, Garrett Cole's former team. Former team. And this is today, right? <sighs> yeah, it's today. Driving me bananas. Uh, no, by the no, way, no. I actually like the fact that he's starting today, though, because no, we got eight o'clock. It, we got eight o'clock. We got four o'clock baseball, which is Cardinals, Marlins. Eight o'clock baseball, which is White Sox, Dodgers, and eleven o'clock baseball, Cubs, Mariners. Seven o'clock is MLB tonight. Yep. So we're getting screwed. Maybe you can like find a stream or something with it. Uh, I mean, it, like it's not pirates. televised. Maybe there's no, no cameras. No, it's being like the Pirates. Maybe the, the pirate, pirates. maybe the pirates broadcast. I got to, I got to go on Reddit and try to stream it off somebody else's <laughs> illegal <laughs> Russian streaming server. I, I saw, a, I saw a. Um, and we're gonna get into it in a minute because we're gonna get into the fight. But I saw this. Um, I forget. How, uh, it was, it was this morning. Yeah, it was this morning. So Clay Travis posted a poll on Twitter, and. uh, He asked the question, like, how many of you actually 
bought the pay-per-view and how many of you streamed the fight illegally. And it was like 60% of the people, and this was like 19,000 or something. It was almost 20,000 people that answered this poll. And uh, the the result was it was like 60-40 in favor of illegally streaming it off of some like Russian thing, right? <laughs> like some Russian streaming service. 64 is actually kind of close. Like that's like, like Oh yeah, well listen, I bought the fight. Like no, I I bought it. So the only way like, that you could do it was you had to buy a one you had to buy one month of ESPN Plus, right? right? Which I, first of all, I thought that was stupid. I thought it was really stupid. I needed to literally pay an extra $5 in order to watch an $80 fight. But, you know, regardless of whatever. They, but, yeah, also had to pay $80 for the fight. So what ended up happening was is we were I was trying to find I was trying to do it on Fox Sports Go, and it wasn't happening. I tried to do it on a, a million different things. I, I, but ESPN Plus was the only place where I could find it consistently. So I did it that way. So I don't know. Interesting. But, okay, uh Plenty of stuff to hit on today. It's Bolt Prediction Monday. We, I'll give you three Bolt Predictions that will more than likely be wrong going forward. Uh, there was a lot that happened in the past two weeks that I want to try and get down. Uh, the stuff that is still, you know, kind of relevant. But I do want to begin with this. So on Saturday night, it was a really exciting fight. Uh, Tyson Fury beat Deontay Wilder in seven rounds by way of knockout. Uh, Fury remains undefeated. That was his 30th win, and Deontay Wilder now suffered his first loss. A little tidbit for you. Deontay Wilder has knocked out everybody that he's ever faced in the ring except for the two times that Tyson Fury has faced him. Um, So Tyson Fury is the only guy that Deontay Wilder has yet to knock out that he's faced. All right, so let's, let's just say this for a minute. Um, I think that what Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury gave us on Saturday and the expectations of what, were, of what was supposed to happen on Saturday night is an exact representation of what we are as sports fans. We are absolutely 100% locked in to two guys wanting to absolutely maul each other. But here's the big part about this. Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury are both what? They're both massive. Okay? Tyson Fury's 6'9". The guy weighs 275 pounds. Okay? He's just an absolute mammoth of a human being. He's huge. Okay? And Deontay Wilder looks like... uh, I'm serious. He looks like the guy that your girlfriend tells you not to worry about. Okay? He is the ripped... Just looks like he could play wide receiver in the NFL. Like he's just, he's so massively in shape and jacked. And he's six foot six. He's 235 pounds. Like he is just an absolute crazy athlete. Crazy athlete. And that's the kind of stuff that we love. Okay. We love, this is why the problem that I've had with the XFL in the past. The XFL. Who, which just started, think about this for a second. The XFL is giving us, in my eyes, too much access. Okay? I don't like all the gimmicks. I don't like all the gimmicky stuff. I, I'm not into the constant sideline interviews. I'm not into the mic'd up coaches. Okay? Like, you know, if you want to do a, an interview at halftime with a player, th- that, that's fine. I, I don't mind that. 
uh, even if you want to, you know, throw the video feed up there with the referees and the instant replay guy, and like, I'm okay with that. Like, that to me is actually kind of cool. But I'm not interested in a coach that says, all right, uh, I'm going to, th- uh, we're going to play uh, two, six, gap, three, potato, six. I'm like, what? I have no idea what he's talking about. Why am I interested in the play he's calling? Okay, I have no idea what he's talking about until it happens. So I, I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in see, trying to see Diana Rossini run up and down the sideline trying to catch up with a player who just missed a field goal. Like, I, I'm just, I'm not interested in that. Because the thing that we love about athletes, and this is a part of this, is we, we love the things that we can't have. We love to play superhero with our athletes. What we, do with, what we do with athletes is we put them up on a pedestal and we don't ever want to see them come down. Okay, think about it like this. Whenever a bad story comes out about an athlete, we never embrace it. Our first automatic inclination is to deny it, right? Think about OJ. Okay, OJ Simpson, I don't care what you tell me. OJ Simpson, I am convinced, murdered those two people. I'm convinced. I am, and, and, and everything else with the author, it was stealing, about the, stealing the merchandise and everything like that, where he served time in prison. Okay, O.J. Simpson was defended. O.J. Simpson, it was really hard for sports fans to understand. No, it can't be. O.J. Simpson, the guy's a superhero. He's, he's the juice. He's the, he can't do anything like that. It took everybody so long to accept the fact that O.J. Simpson did terrible things. Because he was a superhero. Because he was a guy that you that, that people didn't want to accept the fact that he was actually possibly a bad guy. Nobody wanted to accept that fact, and I completely understood it because that's what we do with our athletes. We, compl- we throw away any of our prior judgment, or we throw away any future judgment, and we stick to what we believe. Because they're superheroes. We love the fact that they... Uh, that it's the best against the best. It's the world's best athletes. It is unobtainable for a normal human. Okay, I could never be what Tyson Fury is. He's a foot taller than I am, and he's probably 30 pounds. I'm a little overweight, but he's 30 pounds heavier than I am. He's much stronger than I am. He's in better shape than I am. I could never be Tyson Fury. I'm just not that athletically gifted. And I could never be Deontay Wilder. Do you see the guy? (laughs) Seriously, I I could never even be close to either one of those guys athletically. And that's the part about it that makes it so special. That's the part that makes it, okay, well, yeah, I mean, boxing's great. Heavyweight boxing, there's a thing about heavyweight boxing. But the reason we love heavyweight boxing is because they're so much bigger Okay, we don't want to watch guys that aren't as tall as the ropes. That we want guys that are that that are big, and we'll see them there. It's a spectacle. It's two Adonises. It is two Greek gods going up against each other, and they are absolutely trying to pound the ever-loving crap out of each other. And that's exciting. Okay, think about baseball for a second. Who's the most popular? He's not the best player, but who's the most popular player in baseball? It's Aaron Judge. Okay, Aaron Judge is the first guy that we could say, yeah, he's a football player playing bas- uh, playing baseball. He's six foot. The bat looks small. He probably uses a 36-inch bat, and it looks small in his hands. Okay? Aaron Judge is six foot eight, and he hits the ball 500 feet. 
everybody on, in the world, okay, Met fans, Red Sox fans, no matter how much you hate the Yankees, you show up to watch Aaron Judge's at-bats because of the stuff he can do with the size that he is. That's what it, People don't show up to watch Mike Trout. Mike Trout's the best player in baseball. It's not even close. And he's not the type of draw that Aaron Judge is. He just isn't because he's not as physically appealing. And I don't mean good looks. I mean, he's just bigger. He's what sports fans love more, the bigger super athlete, okay? Think about Giannis. He's seven feet tall and moves like a guard. Same thing with KD and LeBron. I mean, they're just, that's why basketball, we're so into players instead of teams, okay? You don't look. People weren't Cavs fans. They were LeBron fans. They loved watching this, this super athletic six foot nine power forward that could pass. I, I mean, they, they loved the guy. They love LeBron. I love LeBron. So Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder are a perfect representation of who we are as sports fans. They're two behemoth guys. Two mammoth human beings that are in, that are just completely unobtainable. I mean, it's you know we're we're like adolescent girls, Evan. Right? When it comes to sports, we're like adolescent girls. We want the things that we can't have. Right? We see the there's this little nerdy kid that treats me like a queen that I could very easily have tomorrow. It'll be the best thing for me. Right? I could I could date that kid, but no. I want to date the pothead football player, loser guy that's peaking in high school because he's quote-unquote hot, but he's also dating a cheerleader. I want him. That, that's the way we see it with athletes, is we want the thing that we can't have. We can't, uh, we don't, we can't obtain being a heavyweight boxer. We can't obtain, like, you and I could never be Tyson Fury. We're not big enough. We're not athletically gifted enough. Also, in, for in terms of an athlete, you always know that from from when you first watch it. Making it in sports, it's like it's you know it's like a two percent, one percent chance of actually you know making it into a pro level sport. Right. It's like you have to have a certain skill level. You have to have a certain skill set. You know, you you see a. I remember going on the sidelines for for a football game one time back in 2016. It was actually the Jets Ravens game in 2016, and you know you're on the sidelines, right? And you know, I'm 20, I'm 22 years old, so I understand. You understand and get it by then, but it's still pretty a marvel to look at and say, oh wow, these dudes are like, like these guys are like, yeah. That we you can say, well, wow, this guy's a terrible football player. Well, yeah, when the, you're when you're six they're, and you're watching a heavyweight yeah, fight, whether or not you're allowed to watch it or not, right? You see Tyson but Fury in the like ring. A, you see, whoa, he's huge, Dad. Is he as big as the Empire State Building? Like, oh my goodness, he's so big. What I'm saying is, as you get older, too. Even when you're a kid, it's still a marvel to look at. It's like, amazing. Oh, I, I can't. Well, I, if only I could be like that. If only I could be six foot, you know, whatever, two hundred, whatever, and playing professionally at a pro level and be like, wow, you know. <laughs> but, only, but you can't because again, right. it's, it's really, it's extremely hard, and it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a skill set that you have to perfect, and you know, you it's mar- tough when you're a kid. You mar- when you're a kid, yeah, you marvel at it. You know, it's why. Uh, Kids, kids back then when we when we when I first started watching, what was the baseball athletes that a lot of kids marched that a lot of kids loved to watch back then? Uh, I don't know, fire him at me. Barry Bonds, McGuire, Barry Bonds, McGuire, Randy Johnson, right? Randy Johnson, but but again, you know, it was you know, it was 
But it was the steroid, you know, not Randy Johnson, but it was the steroid. It was the right? 70 home runs a yeah, year. Right? That's, that, that's, right. what, that's what a lot of people, you know, that's what a lot of kids our age were growing up. They're like, you know, I mean, I, I was four years old in 1998. Right. Keeping track of McGuire and Sosa's home run record. Because it was just. Well, Greg Maddox. Well, you know, well, they were going for well Greg Maddox might be a top five pitcher of all Greg time. Maddox, but Greg Maddox pitch, threw yeah. 85 miles an hour. Nobody was interested in Greg Maddox. He was a boring pitcher to watch because he didn't throw. Well, he didn't throw hard. And his best pitch was a tailing 81 mile an hour changeup. Well, like, that's what it, that's that's the kind of pitcher that Greg Maddox was. And Greg Maddox is one of the best pitchers ever. Yeah. And but he was boring. You mentioned before Randy Randy Johnson was, was and Randy Johnson was six ten and threw hundred miles an hour. Yeah. So, and again, another one that another one that always we bring up is Mariano. Twenty years, one pitch. Twenty years, yeah. One pitch. Well, Barca, Barca he was boring to watch outside of New York. I mean, Mariano Rivera was not a captivating watch because he threw one pitch. But it was dominant. Right, it was right, but he also didn't throw very hard. Like Araldis Chapman is captivating because he throws 105 miles an hour. Mariano Rivera threw 93 miles an hour, and it was a cutter for 20 years. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what he was. But anyway, but I do think that it was a great fight. I thought it was exactly what sports fans wanted. They wanted big athletes trying to punch each other. And to be honest, the fight wasn't close. Tyson Fury controlled the fight from the beginning it really was not a close fight I enjoyed watching it and this is coming from a guy who does not you know live and breathe boxing but this was probably the best fight that I've ever that I've ever watched and you can call me that that you know you can say that that's due to my inexperience that's due to me not being that into boxing and and that's fine but the fact that it was so hyped up the fact that it was uh, again two guys that I knew could knock each other out I just I got so excited for it. The fact that it went seven rounds deep, uh, and part of me, honestly, I, I guess, th- does this make me a little bit un-American that I wasn't rooting for the American? Deontay Wilder was the American, but I wasn't necessarily rooting for him. I got to be honest, I was I was low key rooting for the Brit. I was low key rooting for Tyson Fury. Here's a conversation that I think we need to have because this is this is something that's interesting. Uh, And I think it's an important conversation for us to have. Tyson Fury can teach us a lot of different things. He can teach us a lot of things. He represents the difference between an infectious personality and a toxic one. I think it's very simple to understand. Okay, Tyson Fury is one of the most personable, most goofy He's the most, one of the most fun athletes to follow in sports. He's just one of the funnier, funnier he, he's one of those guys that's personable. Tyson Fury is one of those guys, okay? Even though he's got a somewhat, he's got an accent, it's a cool accent, everybody loves, you know, I love to fight, you know, that, that kind of a, that kind of accent, you can hear him talk all day. He's one of those infectious personalities. I've never met the guy, but I know there are plenty of people that have. And he's a guy that, you know, I always say this about my fiance. She lights up a room when she walks into it. Everybody's day gets better when she walks into a room because she has that, she just has that way about her. I can probably, I could say the same about Tyson Fury. He's just that, 
outgoing, make everybody feel good kind of personality. That's what Tyson Fury is. But he's a goofball. Okay, we understand that Tyson Fury, that after he won the fight, the first thing he did was he thanked Jesus Christ. The second thing he did was he praised Deontay Wilder. He said, listen, Deontay Wilder came out here and fought like a champion. Okay, that guy is a champion. Now, I'm telling you, he's going to be a champion again. I laid, a, I laid a good right hand on him in the second round, and he lasted all the way to the seventh. He's like, that is amazing. He is a champion. And then after that, what did he do? Something that's going to be famous for a long time. He sang a song with the entire stadium. That is what an infectious personality does. Okay? He's not toxic. Okay? He's obnoxious. Of course he is. I'm not telling you, when I bash athletes for having personalities, I'm not bashing you because I want you to be quiet. I'm bashing you because I don't want you to be a dick. I'm bashing you because I don't want you to end up having this, this problem that negatively affects your locker room. Okay? And I'm not going to single hand, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to single out any athletes in particular. That people know who I'm talking about. But let's be honest about this for a second. If I'm going to be completely honest about this, Tyson Fury represents what athletes should aspire to be. You know, I saw an interview after the fight was over. He did an interview with Rich Eisen back in June. And he explained in detail his struggle with mental health, with mental illness. And he goes on to say, listen, I was an eyelash away from suicide. Seriously. And I had everything. He's like, I, you know, I had everything to be grateful for. I had everything to be happy about. I was the heavyweight champion of the world. This was not 20 years ago. I mean, you got to keep in mind, Tyson Fury is a young guy. Tyson Fury is 31 years old. Tyson Fury, this was three years ago four years ago, when he was the heavyweight champion of the world, okay, he was in the prime of his career, he just became the, he, he is the heavyweight champion of the world in every, lineal, WBC, everything, he is the champion of the world right now, he was the champion of the world then, and had everything to be thankful for, and he still wanted to commit suicide, he said, I was going 160 miles an hour in a high performance vehicle on a bridge, thinking that was the day that I was just going to, I was done. I was going to end it all that day. I was certain that that was going to be it. Then he heard a voice and he said, this is not what you're going to do. And then he called his dad and he picked him up and he got help immediately. Okay. What I'm trying to get at here is that as touching as that is, the takeaway that I put from that is, God, I can just see that in who he is. Every interview that he ends, he says, all right, God bless you. Okay? Every thing that he, every time he talks to somebody, he welcomes criticism. Okay? He welcomes the interview. He's just, he's respectful. It's reflect, what he's gone through reflects in his personality. It just does. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend to say that, oh, he's this personality that can be cancerous and all. No, I'm not telling you that. What I am telling you is, is that Tyson Fury is literally everything an athlete should be. 
let what you've gone through impact your life and who you are positively. Okay, I'm not, there's this big misconception about, oh, let me be me. I, I Don't try to change who I am. I'm not trying to change who you are. In fact, I'm encouraging you to be who you are. I'm encouraging you to be who you are, but be an improved version of who you are. Let that improve you. Okay, when there are athletes out there that have this big personality, this big ego, and they're big and obnoxious, and they use it in negative lights, they don't necessarily notice it. Notice it and improve on it. Use Tyson Fury as the example, because he is everything that an athlete should be. The infectious personality, the friendly guy, that all he does is treat people with respect. Okay, He's a fighter. Of course, he's going to say things about other fighters that aren't going to be nice. That's what every fighter does. Everybody. But after the fight is over, he's talking crap about Deontay Wilder before the fight. After the fight's over, he's thankful for Deontay Wilder. Okay? He praises Deontay Deontay Wilder. He says Deontay Wilder is going to be on top of the world again very soon. And Deontay Wilder's older than Tyson Fury. So, listen, all I'm saying is this. If you're an athlete and you're struggling with your personality, you're struggling with who you are, you're struggling with because you keep getting hammered with criticism and you don't understand why, because all you're doing is being yourself. Use who you are to improve yourself. Use Tyson Fury as the example because he has the blueprint of what an athlete should be like personally. Okay, he's relatable, and even though he is so physically unobtainable, like I was saying before, he is one of the most relatable athletes you know because he's gone through primarily what we've all gone through, or at least a portion or some sort of extreme that he's had in his case, something that we've been able to go through as well. He's an advocate for that. And he's got that infectious personality that everybody gravitates to. I'm not saying ditch yourself and be him, but use him as an example on how you should improve yourself. All right. We got more Haystack coming up next. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Ah, here we go. So uh, here's the <laughs> here's the funny thing, Evan. Welcome back to the Haystack of the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Um, so we um, during the break, you and I, this is what we're gonna do. Like we're gonna have fun here because you and I had a catch. There's was two gloves laying around. They weren't our gloves. We there were two gloves laying around, and we had a catch for a few minutes. It was good stuff. I'm into that. You know, this is my element. You know, listen, I used to be a baseball player, so this is, this is my element right here. I was it you, is. Well, you were telling you before, I was telling you before during break, I said, you know, have a blast here, John Fogarty. He, oh, my God. He, if Fogarty was – oh, Jesus. Here. You know, I, I'll, I'll let him know that we're here one day. Maybe he'll come in for a show, and we'll just like – you know, we'll do that I stuff. Do PP. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that stuff. Um, all right, so uh, let's go to the news with our – Interim Big J journalist Evan Mazza here on a Monday. New music, huh? 
Going new today. Going new. New location. New location. Two weeks off. Some new today. Uh, fortunately, we do start off with um, with some bad news for the Yankees from a couple of days ago. Uh, Luis Severino shut down. Oh, Jesus. Shut down due to uh, due to uh, shoulder fo- uh, a forearm injury. Excuse me, a forearm injury that sore right forearm that he said dated back to the ALCS against Houston. So. Not only is James Paxton going to be out for the first couple months of the season, but it looks like Luis Severino will be out for a considerable amount of time. We're still trying to wait. The Yankees still trying to wait to see uh, when ex- when Severino will be back. So it's for a rotation that looks look promising going into the spring training. Obviously, the addition of Garrett Cole has now lost two key pieces, and now you're betting on two young guys. You're betting on guys like Montgomery to, to step up and take two spots in the rotation. You're betting on Hap to really have a bounce back year betting on Tanaka to at least be solid, to continue to be solid. And now it's also puts more pressure on Garrett Cole, too, because now Garrett Cole, at least I think, now it puts more pressure on Cole because now he needs to, without no Sevy, no no Paxton, he's got to step up even more. And there's, I mean, there's already pressure on him, but now there's more pressure on him. Oh, yeah, now. well, that's and that's the big... contract. Well, it's amazing to me that well we still don't have an answer on severino right like they're still they're doing still, tests they're, they're still, still trying to they're trying to f- figure out a time but as of now he's pretty much out for a certain amount of time we don't we don't know when it's, it could be could be may could it's be so, september we don't know it's so wild it really is uh, there's the yankee perspective of this but you also got to keep this in mind too ev like the yankees gave him 40 million dollars like they signed him to a four-year 40 million dollar extension which is not a huge deal i'm not saying that but isn't this kind of a, um, like, this is kind of a message to athletes a little bit. Like, this could be used as kind of a thing for athletes to say, you know, look, since Luis Severino signed his $40 million contract, he's made five starts in total. Five. That's it. He pitched three in the regular season, and then he made two in the postseason. And he's hurt again. Sometimes it might just be better for you to take the money. You know what? Like, it doesn't that kind of resonate? Because if Severino didn't, let's say Severino didn't sign the contract, he went through normal arbitration, they'd still have control of him for this year, paying him almost nothing. And you got to think, like, like, I I mean, if he... Again, same injury timeline. If he had gotten hurt again, the Yankees wouldn't be entertaining paying him. But he now he walks away with forty million guaranteed dollars from the Yankees. Like you know, you know what I mean. Like I, I'm not, I'm not saying that every athlete should do that. I'm saying that, like sometimes, it can be looked as looked at as the smart move. To just take the money and run. He was coming off that season, a year where, in the first half of the year, he was great. Second half, he had some struggles. But in the first half of the year, he was really, really good. And to the point where people were saying, well, who's the best pitcher in New York? Him or Jacob DeGrom? Him or DeGrom? And so he was coming off that kind of year where, where he was, despite a, a streaky second half, was pretty solid. Right. Good. Pitchers are, I think for pitchers, it's not just pitchers, but I, I guess for any athletes, but I'm going to use pitchers in general. Pitchers are, pitchers have... Are, you never know, right? You never know with pitchers. If shoulder problems, again, you're throwing a hundred some miles an hour. You're, you know, you. We, we were to, we were actually talking about it during our, our catch because I was talking to you about you. You said before how you've had a UCL injury when you played twice, twice. 
you know, it, it, it's kind of the risk you take, especially when you sign a pitcher to a big contract. Again, every every team does it because again, pitchers are pitchers are the biggest vital part to win a World Series. Severino was a pretty darn good pitcher when healthy, so the Yankees paid him. Chicken Degrom's darn good pitcher. The Mets. Best, maybe the best in baseball. Mets paid him. Yankees just signed Garrett Cole to a nine-year, $300 million contract, whatever it was. Why? He's dominant. Sure, yeah, you risk you risk the chance of a shoulder injury, but he's dominant, and you need that guy. Phillies, Larinola, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, take the money, but when you're also signing a pitcher, yeah. there's a bit of a risk. There's a bit of oh, a risk. Oh, yeah, there's car. And, and Garrett Cole just signed a nine-year, what was it, a nine-year $324 million contract. So, uh, bizarre. Come, uh, already kicked off the NFL scouting combine. Something I know, something I know you love, and a lot, everyone, you know, a lot of people love, love, love. A lot of people look forward to. It's a big, big. This part. is my time to shine. This is your time. This to is. Shine. Oh, tra- I love this stuff. The draft glasses. I love. I swear. I'm telling you, my draft glasses get put on. I'm telling you, these. I swear to God, the draft. Is like Christmas to me. You're like, you're it like, is. You're like I'm not. Hands. I'm not kidding. Like, like I hands. like the draft more than the Super Bowl. I, I'm serious. I get more excited about the draft than the Super Bowl. As crazy as that sounds, I do. Oh, the draft. Well, the draft is pretty much a second Super Bowl for the NFL. It's oh my God! A like, Super Bowl. D- listen. I, I always make the, the the case that you know it, why I want teams to keep moving. Right, move pieces, move players, because you become more interesting. Okay, everybody loves the moving pieces. Okay, in sports, everybody just loves the moving parts. So, yeah, I'm all in on that. I, I, I love ha- seeing what teams do in the draft. It's so incredibly fascinating to me. Like, I, I've probably made, like, 50. Like, all I do all day is I read and make mock drafts. You're like, you're like, like, the, you're like the coaches. I'm the such a nerd. Pencils and glasses going... Oh my god! Yeah, I listen. I will sit there, and people are gonna be just like, "Dude, it's the combine. It's a bunch of guys running 40s." I'm like, I will sit there for six hours straight watching guys run 40s. I'm not kidding. Like, there's gonna be like, the, I, I don't know how many players are going to the combine, but I will literally sit in front of my television and watch almost all of them run 40 times. I'm not kidding. Do new, three cone drills and a couple of new drills that they act uh, this year for quarterbacks are doing edge zone fade routes. Added to their route throwing. Really? Time, time Isn't the fade route, like, the goal line fade route end, is. End zone fade routes, yes. Is, but that's kind of, pun intended, I guess, it, it's kind of fading out, right? Like, it's, like, not a lot of teams are running that play anymore because it never works. Uh, time smoke, ever. Time smoke and now route drills for running backs. There's a Deuce Staley drill inside routes with a change of direction added to the routes run. Uh, receivers, obviously, the end zone, okay. fade route, end zone fade route, too, for receivers. Uh, tight ends, end zone fade route. Offensive line, they have a mirror drill, a new screen drill. That's actually pretty interesting. A screen drill for offensive line. It, made, it makes sense, actually, because a lot of teams now are implementing screens pretty much for in their playbook. So that, makes, that actually makes a lot of sense. Defensive line, we have running club drill, run the hoop drill. Linebackers, we have shuffle sprint, change of direction drill, short zone breaks drill. Again, these are all new. Defensive backs, line drill. A, ter- a drill run by Terrell Austin, Fox Drill, and a gauntlet drill. Uh, yeah, that's some of the new drills. That's all the new drills that are in yeah. every position player. Who's the one player you're personally looking forward to and for the combine? If you would name one, if you got one. One player? Oh, Evan, you're... <laughs> one out you, of you are, so many. You are blowing my mind today. You're blowing my mind, man. <laughs> you are blowing my mind. Um... 
John, you trading Derek Carr for Tom Brady? What's going on, John? Tell me. I don't want to do it, man. I don't want to do it. Uh, okay, so I would go... <sighs> See, I don't want to give away any bold predictions, but uh, I will say... I am excited to see how fast Henry Ruggs runs at the Combine. Like, I think Henry Ruggs, because uh, Henry Ruggs gets Tyree kill comps. Uh, so I I think he's going to blow away the 40 time. I'm sorry, he's going to, he, I think he's going to run in the low four twos. I'm sorry, he's going to run in the low four twos. He'll run like a four two four. I'm telling you, he, he is fast, that kid. Fast, and he's a good route runner. So I, I love that. What's your favorite? No, By the way, my three bold predictions today are all draft. They're all draft. All of them. So NFL.com came out with their top 101 free agents for the uh, in 2020. Obviously, free agency kicks off in a few weeks. Uh, I'll read you off their top 10. We have Eric Armstead at number 10, Byron Jones at number 9, Ryan Tannehill at number 8. Wow, Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill at number 8. Justin Simmons at number 7, the safety out of Denver. Number 6, Yannick Yagakui. Number 5, Shaq Barrett. Number 4, Jadavion Clowney. Number 3, Amari Cooper. Number 2, Chris Jones. And number 1, your guy, Dak, Rain Dakota Prescott. Brady starts Wow, I'm surprised. Tom Brady didn't even make the list. Tom Brady is the fourth-ranked quarterback here on NFL.com. So wait, he's behind. So wait, he's behind who? He's behind Dak Prescott, he's Ryan Tannehill. Dak Tannehill, Drew Brees. Oh, and Drew Brees. Brady is seventeenth. I, I keep forgetting Drew Brees is afraid, but Drew Brees is going to go back to the Saints. Well, both it's, both sides expect. Uh, both sides expect him to not official, but both sides expect yeah. him to go back to the Saints. Yeah. So, can I can I be honest with you, Evan? I, I think that. Dak Prescott is not a certainty to go back to the Cowboys. I, I, I've, I've like, you haven't seen me in two weeks. I have. You're flip, you, you've been I, I have. Serious, my morning. view on this. You're waking up every morning. Has kind of flipped. I, I, I wouldn't say it's all the way flipped. I'd say I'm at like three quarters. Like I'm at, I'm at a, I'm at a 45 degree angle right now. Um, I tell you, you're waking up every morning. But I am not certain that he goes back. I'm not certain. He's asking for a lot of money, Evan. If they wanted to pay Dak Prescott, they would have paid him already. I'm telling you, because uh, you have any idea? Like, I feel like, and I'm not in the front. Uh, I'm not in the front office, so this might be ignorant for me to say. But think about it this way: if the Cowboys wanted to avoid the massive cap hit, then we all know that Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. Excuse me have more money than God, right? Like, they, they have so much money. If they wanted to avoid the cap hit, give Dak Prescott a lower overall salary, like a yearly average, salar- uh, average salary, and give him the rest of his money in signing bonuses for every year. So pay him. So if he wants $37 million, pay him $20 million a year and give him a $17 million signing bonus. Like, uh, that's the because you know, signing bonuses work. Like, you get twenty million over the course of the season, but you get seventeen million up front. That's your signing bonus. So once you sign the contract, you get your seventeen million at the beginning of every year. The franchise tag is obviously going to be involved. The franchise tag is going to be like twenty six. And you're already seeing teams. The Ravens are actually expected to place a tag on Matt Judon. Uh, I would. Which is smart, by the way. They they they, they see him as a they see him as. 
part of the young core. The Ravens do this all the time. They, they, when you see someone who they, who they like, when they, see, when they see someone who they know they like as part of their core, they don't let them leave. And yeah. Matt Judon's Judon's a good pass Judon's rusher. Part of those, part of that, part of that category. So they're not letting him leave, and I like that. But for the Cowboys, I, I, I feel like this will. Be I think they're going to tag. I think they're going to tag Amari tag. Cooper. Like I, I that's what I think. Tag. I think they're going to get. I think they're going to give Cooper the tag. Like they're going to give Cooper the tag. The tags. Uh, the tag for a wide receiver is what seventeen. Or something like that. I think it's like seventeen million. I think they're going to try and give Cooper a seventeen million dollar contract anyway. Like they might give him a seventeen million dollar a year contract anyway. Amari Cooper. Like I'm certain that Amari Cooper is going to come back. See, I see a report about Amari Cooper that expects the Philadelphia Eagles to kind of be in heavy pursuit of Amari Cooper if he hits. Well, they need wide receivers. Wide receivers in the worst way. Yes. So, like. The Eagles, though, it's not like they don't have wide receivers. It's just all their wide receivers are old and they're getting injured, right? Deshaun Jackson well, gets Al- hurt. Alshon, Alshon Jeffrey gets hurt. Nelson, A- Nelson Aguilar can't hang on to the football. Alshon Jeffrey's future, too, in Philadelphia is pretty murky. There's obviously oh, he wants out, right? Well, Didn't he say that he wanted out? He had. There's apparently, again, it's all talk in the locker room, all, you know, everything like that that came out during Or the no, season. he would welcome a trade. Well, that Jeffrey, Jeffrey apparently... Uh, criticized Carson Wentz more than more than once. Not, the Eagles are oh, not really? really the Eagles are not really happy with him. Huh. So it seems like he could be on the way out. Interesting. Trade, release, whatever. So Jeffrey, again, we'll see what happens. But yeah. it looks like Jeffrey could be on, could be on his way out of Philadelphia. Okay. So that obviously could open the door even more. He'd be interesting possibly for a lot of teams. Alshon Jeffrey, you know, because when he's oh, yeah. on the field, he's, he's pretty effective. He is. Ve- he's very effective. But it opens up. Obviously, it opens it opens. But up I wouldn't cool. give Alshon Jeffrey big money. No, you would. Let the Eagles pay his salary. If the if the Eagles want to trade him, I'm not saying. Listen, give me Alshon Jeffrey, but you're gonna have to pay fifty percent of his salary. There's two guys that there's two wide receivers that could be on the move that you know are just big impact players when they're on the field, but you also kind of don't want to overpay or you know pay him because that's AJ Green and Alshon Jeffrey. AJ Green. Well, yeah, AJ Green can't stay healthy. The last two years, he hasn't stayed healthy. Alshon Jeffrey has had injury problems, but those two guys again with the wrong. But people field. forget how good AJ Green is. Oh, AJ, yeah. AJ Green is really good. Last time he played a full season, 2017, thousand yards. Thousand yards. He no, he's fantastic. great, and he had Andy Dalton as his quarterback. So imagine, like, the, even if he goes so, like, if AJ Green goes to the Raiders or something like that, right? AJ, because that would seem like a place where AJ Green could go is like if he goes to Oakland and he upgrades from Andy Dalton to Derek Carr at quarterback. Like Derek Carr's better than Andy Dalton. If Derek Carr's there. He's another guy that we're I can't of, imagine they get rid of him. We're kind of looking around. I, I don't understand why. Like what? What? What is wrong with Derek? Derek Carr completes seventy percent of his throws. Yeah. Like what is wrong with Derek Carr? Hundred passer rating. Yeah, twenty-one touchdowns. I know Derek Carr had a really good year this year, and it's not like. But it isn't like Derek Carr had massive amounts of wide receivers. It was Tyrell Williams and who else? Tyrell Williams. And again, also when you look at Carr, again, he lost to Mark Cooper, lost to Cooper. They traded Khalil Mack. And Hunter Renfro. Like, that, that's Renfro. who it was. Uh, and actually, when you think about it, again, Darren Waller had a great breakout year, but this was He's a, a nice player. Darryl, it's a great story, too. Great but they have a good old line. They have a, good, they have a really good young running back. Josh Jacobs is really good. Derek Carr fits with what they get him another get get Derek Carr one or two more receivers, 
and that offense is going to fly. The, the Raiders' offense wasn't their problem last year. They could score points. Their, de their defense was bad. Derek Carr has been a Raider since 2014, so he's been a Raider for six years. Has he ever had a decent defense there? Not really. No, and, really. and Derek Carr also got hurt. So he he digressed the season that he had after the injury, but before the injury, everybody was saying Derek Carr was elite. MVP. MVP. Derek Carr's a really nice quarterback. I wouldn't understand. Like, if they're thinking about moving Derek, like, at this point in his career, Derek Carr's better than Tom Brady. Derek Carr is better than Tom Brady. If you're going to move from Derek Carr to Tom Brady, it makes no sense. Okay, Tom Brady, Tom Brady had a passer rating that was like 12 or 13 points lower than Derek Carr's and a completion percentage that was legitimately 10 percentage points lower than Derek Carr. Seriously. And, you know, and not only that with Derek Carr, with, with Brady, it's also the 49ers too. There's a lot of people are And Brady's four, he's going to be 43 years old. Yeah, there's also with the 49ers, a lot of people are hoping that the, the Niners cut Garoppolo and go get Brady. Because again, oh, that's stupid. The Niners just went to the Super Bowl that's, with, your, with Garoppolo. That's, that's kind of the thing, right? That's insane. Come it's, on. Like, listen, I'm not in love with Jimmy G like everybody else. I think he's like the 12th or 13th best quarterback in the entire NFL. But, so yeah, right, exactly. Really? J Jimmy Garoppolo, you, you can go to a Super Bowl. You could probably win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, that, come on, listen, give me a break. Listen, I'm, I, I, I'm a guy who, has not, who will always say Tom Brady's the best ever. I, I'll always say that. That he's, the, that he's the best quarterback ever, and he's one of the most, maybe the most clutch quarterback I've ever seen. The most clutch quarterback I've ever seen. But in an era, it's it's kind of funny to me how in an era where we talk about the young quarterbacks and a, you know, all these guys that are around, like Carr and Garoppolo and Mahomes and et cetera, Lamar, et cetera, that we, people are looking at franchises like the Raiders and the Niners who have two pretty decent quarterbacks, young quarterbacks who could be either guy for a while, especially in the eyes of Garoppolo, saying, well, get rid of those guys and go get 42, 43 old Tom Brady. Why would you replace seven, eight years, maybe 10 year guys with like a guy who's going to be there for maybe one or two years? You know, like it's kind, yeah. of, it's kind of right interesting. It's kind of weird to hear that, you know. But with the Raiders, it's all I don't, the 49ers are not going to do this with the 49ers are not going to do that with Jimmy Brown. No, That's, they love Jimmy it's J. More so, it's more so the Raiders. How does John Gruden feel about Derek Carr? See, that's the, the problem. Is I don't think John Gruden John has. Gruden. I don't think John Gruden has any problem with Derek Carr. Okay, I, everybody tells me, "Oh, Derek Carr." John Gruden hates Derek Carr. I've heard the exact opposite. Like John, I've heard the exact. I've heard John Gruden loves Derek Carr, but John Derek Gruden Carr. is picky with quarterbacks. That's what Derek he is. Carr. He could love Derek Carr, but he might love Tom Brady a little bit more. Maybe again, maybe. John yeah, but it, Tom you're Brady talking. To, you're not talking about Tom Brady five years ago. You're talking about. Today, Tom Brady. Because you can even you can even think that last year, the year the Patriots won the Super Bowl, that wasn't Tom Brady at his best. That was okay, Tom Brady, right? I, I don't know. All right, that's the news. Yeah, I know. I can't imagine they'd move him. I get it, but what what more does he want? For real, I, I don't get it. All right, uh, that's the news with our interim Big J journalist Evan Mazza here on a Monday. Uh, I do also want to break some more news. Uh, this is really interesting now. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but uh, Vanessa Bryant, if, you, if you're not recognizing the name right now, that is Kobe Bryant's wife. That's uh, Kobe Bryant's widow. Vanessa Bryant is filing a wrongful death lawsuit against the company that operated the helicopter in the crash that killed Kobe, Gianna, 
and the seven others that were on that helicopter. She's filing a lawsuit against the helicopter company. How crazy is that? Against the That's interesting. Against the company. She's filing, yeah, she's filing the suit against the company that operated the helicopter. So, I, I, so the, the company that, uh, maybe not the helicopter company, but the company that operated the helicopter. Okay. So maybe this was the pilot's organization or something like that. Maybe the pilot came from, I, I don't know. That's really interesting. I, I, I'm really surprised that that's where they're going there. Because I, 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 like, the, very little has come out about the crash itself and what caused it and everything like that. Um, I still think it's pretty inconclusive, but uh, there were no survivors. You know, nobody can attest to it. Obviously, there were no, uh, no survivors. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested. I wonder, if, I wonder if they have a case. I really do. Uh, all right. More Haystack coming up next. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Attention, fantasy sports fans. Does it strike you as odd that the popularity of fantasy sports continues to grow, but the game itself never seems to change? Drafting players to be a part of your fantasy team is cool, but are you looking for something new? If you're a sports fan and you actively look for new ways to have fun and compete while watching sports, you gotta check out StatementGames.com. That's StatementGames.com. Statement Games is a new, simple, yet innovative form of sports gaming that is changing the way thousands of fans view sporting events. With Statement Games, you select player and game props or statements to compete in tournaments for prizes. Sign up for free using your Google or Facebook account. No credit card or debit card information is required. Try StatementGames.com today and watch how we take fantasy sports to the next level. StatementGames.com. That's StatementGames.com. Edward Lehman has been a trusted insurance advisor for over 16 years with insurance solutions for auto, home, commercial, life, and retirement. He's located at 54 Sunnyside Boulevard, Suite H in Plainview. That's just 1,000 feet south of 495. Local agent, local advice. The time to think about insurance is before you need it. So do yourself a favor, and before you pay your next insurance bill, give Ed and his team a call, 516-935-3900, or visit him online at www.allstate.com forward slash EL. Edward H. Lehman Insurance is your trusted insurance advisor. Ranger Station, Ranger speaking. Hi, um, I'd like to report a bear hug. Uh-huh, okay. Well, we were building a bonfire, and I, I saw some, like, dry brush and leaves around, so, you know, I, I said to move the bonfire somewhere else, and out of nowhere, Smokey Bear shows up and hugs me. So you noticed some wildfire hazards and moved your bonfire to a safer location. Yeah. Yeah, that's Smokey, all right. He likes it when people help prevent wildfires. It hits him close to home. Not everybody gets the hug, my friend. So that's pretty special to get a hug from Smokey Bear. Ha, so it was him. Hey, guys, I told you it was Smokey. Okay, well, congratulations, my friend. And thanks for calling. There are many ways to prevent a wildfire. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service, Ad Council, and your state forester. 
Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. Waking up every day, lifting him from the bed to the wheelchair to the car to get him to therapy on time, it's no small task between the doctors and the diagnosis, but nothing can disable this love. This is my big brother, my hero. He's part of me, like my arms and legs. So I'll be his. <laughs> See, there's no time for tired. This starts again tomorrow. He'll be waiting for me. I wake up for him. I know he needs me, but I'm the lucky one. Even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Or call 877-333-5885. Caregiving Resource Center. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Know someone who's being bullied online? Send the witness emoji. It looks like an eye in a speech bubble, and it's in the symbol section near the clocks in your phone. You'll let the world know it isn't cool, and you'll let your friend know you care. Learn more about the witness emoji at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. Feedthepig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to mooch off your friends. You gonna finish that grape? You mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. You don't need to be a medical test subject. How do you feel? Mostly okay. I... <laughs> Sometimes, though. <laughs> you don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? When floodwaters reach your door? When wildfires are engulfing the edge of your neighborhood or an earthquake is destroying buildings. When a tornado is tearing through town or a hurricane strikes. Or is the best time perhaps today? During a disaster, you may not be able to stay in touch with your family or friends as easily as you think. And it's not always as simple as using your cell phone. That's why now is the time to take action. Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. 
Good to have you back. Great to have you in here on a Monday. Haystack Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Mike, Evan, here on a Monday. Uh, all right, so it is Bold Prediction Monday, Evan. So that means I give you three bold predictions that will more than likely be wrong hang- uh, uh, blah, 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 heading into the future. See, I'm tired. See, I just I swung a bat for a little bit. I'm, t- I'm a little... <sighs> I'm winded. You got back into that baseball-like... Mindset now it's like oh yeah I remember how that I was. remember why I, I quit remember, this because <laughs> I, I can't breathe that's why <laughs> I remember how that felt it wasn't fun <laughs> all right so here we go Ev the three and they're all draft ready here we go, go for it. number one the Lions will trade the number three pick in the draft I don't know who they are... I have a feeling who it's going to go to but I don't know who interesting situation because I see some some analysts thinking they stay at number three and take best player on the, on the board they trade down they trade down the draft or maybe they trade down take a quarterback they're in a very interesting interesting uh, spot in their draft and their and for their franchise right so I think the Lions will trade the number three pick number two Henry Ruggs will be the fastest player at the combine like I said I think he's going to run in the low four twos I, he is going to be incredibly fast at the combine. I remember last year. You remember last year at the combine, DK Metcalf ran a four three three, and everybody freaked out because, like, there's no way he could be that fast and that big. Now I was like, so, I was certain that DK Metcalf was going to be the be- was going to be the number one wide receiver taken in the draft. I really was. I was certain of it. Number one was Hollywood, right? The first. Wide receiver taking the draft was Hollywood, yeah. And he didn't participate in the combine because he was hurt. Mm, yes. So. Right. Yeah, Metcalf stole, Metcalf stole the show last year. There's always that, like, one guy or two guys where they just steal the show and just. DK you know, was that DK guy. DK was that guy. There's also guys like Orlando Brown. Who, who have butchered. Got off old combines, but they're so good. It's almost like, you know what? We get them in the first I know. Round. You, you guys drafted. The Ravens drafted Orlando Brown after the right. terrible combine. And he's their starting right tackle, and he's great. It was a steal. I said that. I said that the day he had that terrible combine, I said it's perfect. He's going to fall in the draft, and someone's going to take him. He's going to be a steal because he was a talented player at Oklahoma, really good player at Oklahoma. And then the Ravens draft, you're just like, ooh, Ravens, okay. Ravens, Ravens draft, I said, perfect, perfect. Son of Orlando Brown, senior, great offense line for the Ravens. Fell to us, first round pick. Fell to a third, perfect. That's right. All right, here we go. Here's number three. Here's the big one, Evan. This is one I want you to hold me to. I want you to hold me to all of them, but I want you to especially hold me to this. Bold prediction here. There will be six quarterbacks drafted in the first round. You've been very adamant on that one. Six. I think there will be six quarterbacks. I'm not going to specify with who, but I think I know which six are going to go. You've been very adamant on that one. Joe Burrow, Tua, Justin Herbert, Jacob Eason, Jordan Love and Jake Fromm. All of them are going to go in the first round. I'm telling you. We had five two years ago. So here's, here's what I think. Here's, here's where I think they're going to go. They're going to go uh, Burrow to the Bengals. This is not part of the bold prediction. This is just me. Burrow to the Bengals. Tua to the Dolphins. Justin Herbert to the Chargers. I think 
Jacob Eason will go to the Lions. The uh, Jordan Love will go to the Colts. And Jake Fromm will go to the Patriots. Yeah, Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm, I've seen some people put as a number two, number three pick. But he, again, he makes sense. A number, like a second round, third second, round yeah, pick, second, right. Yeah, second round pick. He makes sense. Again, New England, New England. New England makes round. sense for Jake Fromm. It's, he, well, they're also picking late in the first round. So, you know, it, it's a. It's I a, think they're going to trade back. I think, they're, they're I, think, I think New England's going to trade back in the first round, and I think the Ravens are going to trade up. Like I see, like I'm looking at NFL.com, Chad Reuter, he has the Patriots taking him in the second round, 30th, the 30th overall pick. But, I mean, yeah. yeah the Wait, 30th the 30th overall, 30th overall pick? 38th, 38th, 38th. Oh, 38th overall second, pick. Second round. So he has them trading back out of the first. Yes, projected trade with the Panthers, as he, as he puts it. Oh, uh, okay. In his arm. All right, I got you. But, yeah, I mean, it's really, what was it, two years ago we had five, Jackson, Rosen, Darnold, Baker, Allen. I'm trying to think of other years we had a lot of quarterbacks. Obviously, 83, the infamous 83 draft. 2004, we had four, Ben, Ben, Eli, Rivers, Lossman? Yeah, I think Lossman. I think Lossman. Yeah, I think there's J.P. Lossman, the the Bills quarterback. Mm. Bill from back in like 04, 05, 06. He must have not been very good. <laughs> he must yeah, not can, have been yeah, very good. Yeah, for an arm. I, it's, see, it's funny. We bring up JP Loss before. I walked in, I walked in today and there was, uh, there was uh, Mark Kelly of the Morning Boys. He had this program from like 04, 05. And he looked at it. He goes, who's, there's a couple of quarterbacks. It was Chad Pennington. And there was another quarterback, Bill's quarterback, number seven. He goes, is that JP Lossman? like, yeah, it's JP Lossman. Like, yeah, JP Lossman. We were just talking about JP Lossman just a few hours ago. J.P. Lawson. Wow. Cannon for an arm, J.P. Lawson. Had a cannon for an arm. Just another, another, another. He stinks! Another Bills carousel. <laughs> another Bills, another quarterback of the Bills carousel. What was it, 2004? Hey, ho- I think the carousel's ending, though. I think they got it right with Josh Allen. It, I'm telling you, I think Josh Allen's going to be good. I think, I think it ended, too. I, I think it ended for the Jets, too, with Darnold. I think it ended for the Bills with Josh Allen. And I hope it, I hope it ended for Cleveland for Baker Mayfield after you know hopefully he, Baker. Bounces, back, hopefully he bounces back after after a terrible sophomore year, you know again I, four five four of the five who knows what happens with Rosen uh, who knows who knows what happens with him uh, this right. offseason yes J P Lossman he was the other one twenty second overall pick in the first one there were four quarterbacks taken in the two thousand four draft pick right three three Hall of Famers and J P Lossman. <laughs> there you go well two, two Super Bowl winners whether or not you think Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. I think I think he's going to win. It's an argument, yeah. I think he's going to win. I think he's going to win. All right. That does it for us. Evan Mazza, my producer. I'm Mike Guido. This is the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We'll see you. You're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.